Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Oh, where did the hour go? John, where did it go? Counselor, time is yours. What a, um, I have to read this compliment. Uh, John, say hello to Jimmy after I share with you this beautiful compliment. I'll tell you what, he, first of all, I love this guy, but in, in a handful of words, he said something so meaningful and so beautiful. He writes, this man has such a clear and calm mind. And he's clearly not talking about me. So that's a compliment to you, John. Say hello to Jimmy. Uh, hi, Jimmy. You're very kind. Thank you so much. That is so nice. That's um, such a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, Jim, you, John, you, you did. I don't think you expected when you said Stan Dudas that I would even possibly know Stan Dudas. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think you found it like incredible. Oh my God, you know Stan Dudas. But um, he was so good to me at a young age, where I didn't know what I was doing, and he gave me comfort because he said something that that Jim Fraser once said to me, Harry, my boy. He said, "No problem." Because I do know what I'm doing. And if I know what I'm doing, then you will know what you're doing. Very comforting when you're dealing with a pro. Yeah. And he was, as you know, he was literally a pro. Uh, when you're dealing with a pro, that then you know from then your hard work and you, if you're capable of learning uh, quickly, which smart people typically are, if you've got the right person. That's why I always felt good when we did our tournament at... Um, the Frasers, Maze Landing Golf and Country Club, because they were elegant and the best, and you just knew, you just knew it was going to be okay. As long as you know you're dealing with quality, and if you do your hard work, you know it's going to be okay, and it typically is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's important to, it's important to set the goal and get moving toward the goal. It just, eliminates it eliminates bad nerves it eliminates anxiety and depression and everything else i mean if you're just sitting around and letting them hit you left right and up the middle you're you're not going to be very happy about that no. it's, so it's it's important for us to move and um i think i i think uh a lot of my lessons in that were being a, a lifeguard on the ocean um, in Wildwood, I, we, we, you know, you, when someone's drowning, you've got to go, you know, you've got to go. Yeah. And that's pretty exhilarating situation. I mean, fortunately, in, in my years and my uh, two brothers that guarded with me, uh, one, two years younger, one, two years younger again. And, uh, you know, we, we never lost anyone on the beach. I mean, the entire beach patrol John Capatio was our, our captain during, this, during that time, followed by other really good captains. But no one, you know, we never lost uh, a person to drowning. And that was, you know, that was uh, a, a point of pride. Yeah. But uh, it was very, you know, they, we were trained to be really action-oriented. You know, it's, it's almost like when you're, when you're lifeguarding, it's... Uh, it's ready, fire, aim, mm. that sort of thing. You yeah. have to, you have to move immediately. And, uh, once you get, once you get used to doing that, it becomes a frame of mind that 
serves you well in a lot of different areas. I mean, I'm just so grateful to have that job uh, because you have you do have people's lives in uh, in your hands, and you you don't want to let them down, and you want to uh, you know you don't want to be that guy who loses someone on the beach. So you know it was. Uh, it was good. It was good training, and I think it's important. I think it's important for us to to get out of our comfort zone. I mean, every every guard is, of course, initially afraid. You know, and and soldiers will talk about this. Now, again, I was not deployed, not in a combat zone, but uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who were, and they they learn to move. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, the first thing you would learn when firing starts from the other side if there's an ambush or something immediately return fire two minutes john stop and look don't stop and look don't don't uh uh make sure you know where the enemy is just start shooting uh because that gets everyone into the action and, and things work well so i think i think what we have to do it, it's a very exciting time because there's a big monster out there to slay, a big dragon out there to slay. And remember, um, you know, the treasure is never guarded by puppy dogs. <laughs> right, Harry? Yes, sir. It's always guarded by what? Dragons. Yeah. Right. So we've got we've got some big dragons out there to slay, but we're just as good as we were three months ago. We've got the skills, we've got the ability, we've got the heart, we've got the pride in our country. We're going to do very, very, very well, despite what anyone is saying, what any criticism, the United States is going to come back. And, you know, to the extent that I can be part of that, I'm really enthusiastic about it, uh, both on the show and in, in the practice of law and in community activities. I, I love the country. Uh, it's been great to me, and I want to give as much as I can to uh, to our community. So, uh, very blessed. Very good man. Very, very solid appearance, John. For all of your criminal defense legal needs, turn to the official, the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense matters for the Hurley in the Morning program, John Zarek, and his office, the law office of John Zarek, 609-641-641. 2266. Visit John on the web at John at John Zarek, Z-A-R-Y-C-H, JohnZarek.com. John, it flew by. Until next time, have a great day, my friend. Oh, I will, Harry, and you too. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Joanne Daly is... Two million more. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Another wave of new unemployment claims last week. Fox's Lillian Wu has details live. Dave, just over 2 million more Americans filed for jobless benefits last week. That is in line with expectations and lower than the week before, but still roughly 10 times the number before most lockdowns started. The running total for the past 10 weeks now topping 40 million unemployed and a key number just in for durable goods. Orders for those big ticket factory items plunging 17.2% in April. Dave? Lillian, another angry night in Minneapolis protesting the death of a black man involving a white officer seen on video kneeling on his neck. Arrest him. Um, from what I understand, you murder someone, you get arrested.
Those protests got violent. Fox's Jeff Manasso has more live. Dave rioters in South Minneapolis torched an apartment building, auto parts and grocery stores, gutted a Target store, looted and vandalized many others, including the Minneapolis PD's third precinct. It's amazing the amount of restraint used by um, all of law enforcement out there. They've, they've done as, as truly as strong of a job as possible. Police spokesman John Elder, the continued violence in response to the police custody death this week of George Floyd, for which four officers are fired, the FBI investigating, and the city's mayor now also requesting help from the National Guard. Dave. Jeff, there are also more protests in Hong Kong. As China's parliament moves forward, approving a security law, the U.S. considers a crackdown on democracy. China um, essentially calls these freedom-loving protesters terrorists. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortega tells Fox Business the U.S. no longer sees Hong Kong as autonomous, which could lead to tariffs. President Trump is readying an executive order to roll back liability protections for social media companies after Twitter fact-checks some of his tweets. And a Connecticut college student on the run since Friday after two murders now jailed, captured at a Maryland truck stop. America's listening to Fox News. Uh, I'm giving Jeb's basement renovations one star. He kept asking me what's behind the walls down there. I'm like, why? What, what do you know? No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. And then he's like, you can trust me with the job. And I'm all like, trust? <laughs> and while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Yeah, he charged me less than he said he would, which is... Lying. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you. From helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. A bit sticky out there today with moderate to high humidity and high temperatures for South Jersey reaching for about 74 degrees. Patchy morning fog, then lots of cloud cover, a chance for a shower at some point, and a moderate risk of rip currents along the Jersey Shore. Cloudy tonight with some fog, low of 68, pretty muggy, and tomorrow will be steamy, high of 79, mostly cloudy, with a few thunderstorms too. One more round of rain early Saturday, then flipping to sunshine with falling humidity, still warm Saturday at 80 degrees. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, I spent the uh, the break saying hello to Joanne Daly and also answering uh, a colleague who does a great job in the in the media in New Jersey who called upon the Disney Yoda, that would be me, uh, for my opinion on something. So I haven't finished it yet, but I did write about maybe 100 words uh, in response to something that Disney World is going to be doing. Uh, so the Disney Yoda was also very, very busy during the break. Joanne Daly is here, REMAX Platinum Properties uh, Sensei, the official, the exclusive real estate professional, 
for the Hurley in the Morning program, the Mr. Miyagi of real estate. Uh, and Joanne's program takes place on either the 4th or the 5th Thursday of every month in the 9 o'clock hour. And Joanne, welcome to your program first. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Harry. How are you? Uh, very well, Mrs. Miyagi. Uh, and I was thinking about this. While unemployment is down now, or I should say up, uh, another 2.1 million people filed in the past week. We're over 40 million uh, Americans that are on unemployment right now, and obviously a lot with uh, so much shut down. But real estate is, um, I mean, if I say it's booming, correct me if I've overstated the case, but I know you're busy as can be, and I know that in the past 30 days, according to the Wizard of Oz, Zillow, my Ponderosa has increased in value. I never expected it. I expected values to either be the same and I'd be happy or who knows, but uh, up $6,097. What is going on in a global health pandemic that real estate is booming right now? At least I think it is. Do you? Well, well, it is. And I, I want to say, it's, you know, we have to be careful because I, I think it, it's different region by region. So I can only really speak of our region here with, you know, it, it is kind of, you know, contradictory where we, we have the casinos closed and people unemployed, but home home ownership is essential, you know. Um, so the rates are low, so that's kind of a very big incentive for people right now. And I think people have, having been quarantined, are, are uh, sort of carpe diem seize the day you know that we've put off having a shore home we've put this off now's the time to do this if we're going to do this and you know what they're coming from the north the west the south to come and buy real estate here it's it's amazing we're all so busy um i think people are tired of being kind of locked up and they've spent time in quarantine Watching the home TV shows, what, you know, looking on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com, and they're watching the prices, and they're looking at property. So they're ready to make their move, that what they've saved for, what they want to turn to, either working from home is going to, they're going to change and work more from home, so they want a home at the shore. I have a handful of clients that are saying, I'm going to be working part-time. I might as well be at the shore. You know? jo yeah, Joanne Daly is here for the hour, and we're talking about real estate. There's so many things to talk about, and a reminder for all of your real estate needs, if you're buying a home, selling a home, buying a vacation property, if you're looking for a rental, uh, if you have a property that you would want uh, Joe to help you find your next tenant or tenants, uh, she's just fantastic. The Joanne Daly team, the official exclusive real estate professionals for the Hurley in the Morning program, for the Hurley family as well. Personally, Remax Platinum Properties, a Ventnor at 5321 Atlantic Avenue, 609-822-3300 uh, is Joanne's main office number and the Joanne Daly uh, private hotline, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. Joanne, I was very excited yesterday because Marty, Mayor Marty Small of Atlantic City in a Hurley in the Morning breaking news announcement 
uh, and said it as such. This is breaking news. Atlantic City is um, taking the, the, the foot off the throat of short-term rentals, and Atlantic City will open short-term rentals uh, effective tomorrow. Your thoughts? Well, you know, it's one of those things that we have to think cautiously but progressively. You know, um, it's a little bit, it's good to do, and I understand our short-term rentals. Uh, you know, we are a resort town. There is a space for everybody, and, and I know some people have issues with the Airbnbs. I have some issues with Airbnbs, but they're typically then are more police issues. You know, the Airbnbs patronize our businesses. They, you know, use our boardwalk, enjoy our beaches, you know, help our market, but for the Airbnbs and the short-term rentals to to come, the people need to have the other businesses open that support the Airbnbs. So it's one of those things where, you know, they're going to come and get takeout, which is okay, or maybe dine outside. But some of the other businesses need to be opened up as well to a certain point, obviously cautiously, but to support the guests that are coming into town. You know, it's nice that they can come and enjoy the boardwalk and the beach, but we also have to feed them, you know? So it's like the next step has to happen with it as well so that we have, you know, places for them to go to visit and, you know, restaurants to patronize. Atlantic City also, uh, Joe, it's not real estate related, but I want to share it with our listeners, and we did yesterday. Atlantic City does something which some jurisdictions do not do, and I, I think, and this is coming from someone that does not drink alcohol, but I don't have a problem with it. I know some people do. They think, oh, my gosh, you know, go cups. You're taking open containers out. It's it's like the wild, wild west. People are just going to be sloppy and going crazy, but Atlantic City also has an open container city law, uh, and that's going to be opened up, uh, reinstituted as of tomorrow as well. That was another breaking news uh, announcement that uh, Mayor Small shared on the program yesterday. Joanne, relative to the um, the rental market, now that short-term rentals are back in action, it's going to, I guess it's going to take a little bit to ramp it up. And, and then also you have to have people that are that are confident, that, that feel that it's safe. So there's going to be a lot of different degrees of um, people's own comfort level that will be taking place. What are your thoughts about how long does it take to ramp up? Obviously, the summer is basically here. I think finally the nicer weather is about to begin. What are your thoughts about that, Joe? Um, Harry, I don't think it's going to take a whole lot to ramp that up because most of that industry is conducted on the Internet. So with VRBOs, that's out of our world of real estate per se. The VRBOs, the Airbnbs, is all done on the Internet, and that's so instant, you know. Um, what has to happen, I think, between the customers that are patronizing Airbnbs and stuff is the cleaning companies where they always come in and clean. You know, it's almost like a routine that, you know, people check out on Sunday, they come in and clean. You know, they're going to be just a lot more thorough in the sanitizing of everything between the customers. I see, that's the key. What I, what I said, people being feeling safe and being confident i didn't mean they have to go to a front desk or go touch people and things to to get a short-term rental i i get you on that that they'll do that um 
electronically, it's, I mean, what you just said, the comfort of the place is clean, not just look clean, but, you know, it used to be that the way you would clean a hotel room uh, was certainly for appearance, and you do want to deep clean and things like that. But now people really are going to be attuned to whether it's been thoroughly cleaned in terms of this coronavirus and such. That's what I meant by the confidence level. Right. And I think people are even going to take some of that on themselves, like I know I would, that, yeah, I know they sent in the merry maids and cleaned the place, but I'm going to bring my own you know, my own sanitizer, my own Clorox, and I'm going to wipe down what I want to make sure the surfaces are to my liking that I know I did it, you know. So I think there'll probably be a little bit more of that, um, you know. And and moving forward, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's, it should become part of our, our, you know, routine anyway. So I think that'll, that'll that and, you know, if people have the mask, and they're on the boardwalk and they get their bike rides, they're going to be able to mix a little bit of the new normal in what they know and have fun at the shore with. You know, I think that's going to be, that's going to be good. The thing that we are sort of in a shortage of inventory is that the homeowners that used to rent, you know, half their home, an apartment in their home or, or a home for summer rentals for like the full summer, some of those, owners decided not to rent this year just to let it go this year and not rent so there's a bit of a shortage wow. on the home on the private type sector that are, don't do it like professionally with the airbnbs and, and turn people over week by week did they just not feel comfortable with disinfecting and and the unknown and bringing people that could have the the coronavirus i guess there's a lot of reasons why why people are uh apprehensive right a lot of it's the liability. Yeah. You know, like they don't they don't want to carry that liability of anything happening to them or to somebody else and then, you know, so a lot so I'm I'm short on short-term rentals which I could use a few. Um so the inventory is a little low that way and I think as things open up some will come up available, but I have a, quite a few customers that now and and here's the need where there's no camp for kids. So the people are looking something to do with their kids for the summer. Um, there's no camps. There's, you know, there's no day camps. There's no sleepaway camps. All that kind of stuff's been canceled. So they want to come down to the shore. And now the inventory is somewhat low on getting homes. Finding homes that will accept the pet is our biggest problem, you know, um, because now the pets have to come too, <laughs> you know. Um, so there's a bit of shortage there and a bit of a demand. Yeah. Joanne, Joanne Daly continues. Joanne Daly, REMAX Platinum Properties event, or the official exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program. So is supply and demand also the reason, and, and you know my feeling on this, Joanne, I don't believe that Zillow is the oracle of, um, of property valuations. I think they're off a lot, including my own property over the years, because they they don't fully know what you've done, and it, they're just taking a guess that you're the same as the other properties around you. So I think they're not the oracle, but they are widely known. And every month I get an email. I don't even know how it started, but I get an email every month. I guess one time I did my own property value, and they, they then they get you. They capture your data at that point. So every month I get an update as to what has happened 
with the value of my own property. And it was two days ago, and I, I let you know about this offline, uh, and I put it on the agenda for the show. The Ponderosa, in the last 30 days, during the height of, of before we even flattened the curve of the, of the COVID-19 coronavirus, increased $6,097. How is that possible? Right, right. Um, well, I'll tell you, I think part of it is that the inventory is low. And I was reading, we, we get a, a newsletter from the New Jersey Realtor Association, and all the prices are up. So they've had this, this the single-family median sales price increased 12.7% to 355000 in the April 2020. And that would be, like, compared to, like, last year. So, it, and I, I think part of that was because we had such a strong economy coming into this virus to begin with. Good point. That we've had really, you know, record low unemployment levels, record low working, you know, people were buying. We had such a strong economy. Um, and the prices were getting back to, you know, where they should be as opposed to where they've been deflated for a number of years. So we were we were coming back of all that to like a really a, a normal standard of where we should be just before the virus you know quarantine issues hit, but consequently, and and for some reason there's you know, a handful of clients think oh the pandemic means prices should be lower and people are reducing prices and it's not so not whatsoever, you know we've had. Going into this, we had more properties, and I think we spoke about it last month, with bidding wars, you know, because of the lack of inventory and the higher prices. You know, people are putting in full price offers right now. You know, it's, it's amazing that we have a, a, a strangely strong economy in our housing market here in this region but i think i think you covered very well we're going to get our first break in and come right back with joanne daly i'll give you the particulars how to reach joe in just a moment but you nailed it in the answer the fundamentals of our economy was so strong highest work participation rate in american history obviously that would mean lowest unemployment rate in american history the banks were fully capitalized everything was doing very well so it's not a it wasn't a financial crisis it was a health crisis so that i think speaks to a lot of what you said very very well to reach joanne daly for all of your real estate needs if you're buying if you're selling if you're renting uh joanne in terms of rental is just i mean magical that's all i can tell you on both sides of the action if you're looking for a place or if you are the property owner and you're looking for a tenant uh she's just terrific and the joanne daly team at Remax Platinum Properties of Ventnor. 609-513-8969 to reach Joe directly. 609-513-8969 with Joanne Daly, our official exclusive real estate expert. I am humbly yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Let me share something real quick. I, I shared it with Joe off the air. Uh, we've been promoting this this morning, and that's that the food distribution is, is being titled 
the Community Food Bank of New Jersey Emergency Food Distribution. It's for unemployed hospitality industry workers and Atlantic City residents. And I can only tell you that a dear friend of mine just sent me a picture. This doesn't open until 10 o'clock this morning until 2 o'clock. And the cars that are lined up, it is a countless number of rows because as far as this photo I can see, it's lines of cars, and they go back as far as my eye can see, showing that we have a need, a food instability, a food need. And many people, I know this, in this line have never, ever been in an in emergency food distribution line in their entire lives. So that's taking place at Bader Field, opening up right while well, Joe is here till six minutes past the hour, but right at the top of the hour, it will begin until 2 p.m. today, the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, and they've got a lot of nice people that have been making it possible uh, for them to do these distributions. The Casino Reinvestment Development Authority, Unite Here Local 54, Resorts Casino Hotel, our official exclusive casino, the New Jersey AFL-CIO, uh, Jim Allen, who's just terrific, former colleague of mine, just a great, great guy, very philanthropic, Mark Antonio, same over at uh, Resorts, Gingoli and Mars Family. They're amazing, beautiful, and so generous. And the Caesars Cares Foundation, and they're also awesome. Uh, they have a great philanthropy uh, foundation. But, Joe, as we talk about real estate, I mean, that's what's going on right now. I'm telling you, I have a photo. It's hundreds of cars, at least. And this is I'm sure. well before the thing even I'm begins. Sure. That's the need that's going on right now during this pandemic it's amazing and i and i tell you that's the one thing like this community comes together we know we we're all in it i you know and i love it i love to see that everybody's putting out to help each other because we work side by side with each other our kids go to school with each other you know we are such a strong community that we have the resources to help each other in, in these kind of situations, whether it was Sandy and now we have COVID, we come together. Yeah. You know, it's true. That's, it's amazing. We do. I have to say like everybody that you mentioned, all the supporters and even the volunteers that aren't mentioned are our neighbors and our community. And those are the people that we serve, you know, it's uncanny. So, yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. It's so, so you well know? said. So true. So, so true. And, uh, it's both beautiful and heartbreaking all at the same time because the, the fact that there's the need is heartbreaking, but the fact that the community rallies the way that we always do, and you, you raised a good point, whether it was Superstorm, Hurricane Sandy, or any other type of natural disaster, or the Great Recession of 2008-2009, and then obviously at that point in time we had the casinos contracting, we had the highest uh, job unemployment rate in America. We had the highest home foreclosure rate in America. And interesting to note, now uh, X many years later, we find ourselves actually, we have an inventory. Is, is it fair to say that in real estate, there's an inventory problem, a shortage? Um, I would say somewhat. I would say somewhat. Um, and basically, it's there, but some of the sellers are somewhat reluctant. So they're holding back a little bit. So while I think it's really still there, it's just not quite yet on the market. So what's coming on the market is um, 
a slow process. Got it. Um, if I look, I look at our, our listings here, we have new listings for the month of April in, in New Jersey now. Okay, so this is not just our region. In 2019, there were 14,000, over 14,000 listings. You know, the number I'm looking at here, 2020, says 5,200. Oh, wow. You know? So that's but that's they're not listing. They're they're there, but they're not quite listing because of the pandemic. You know, so I think that'll change. And then, like the average sales price, two thousand nineteen was three ninety four. Twenty twenty April twenty twenty, we're talking four thirty seven. Wow! So availability is down. The price is up, and uh, that. That that also makes a lot of sense to me when you when you hear an expert like you lay it out that that really sort of speaks to the to the current even if it's temporary the current supply and demand. One other summer rental uh, question that I had for you before we go on to the next topic, Joe. Based on what you said earlier, with the fact that some people that would typically rent are not going to rent, uh, I do want to th- th- let me have a sidebar with you real quick. In the next round of stimulus mm-hmm. that's going to happen, there seems to be a very big push to give people protection from being able to be sued. Because how do you open your restaurant or your tanning salon or your, your hair salon or your casino or I could keep going, your restaurant, if you can get right. sued because somebody says you, you gave me a disease in your place? There'd be no way to open under that. So I, I normally don't support people losing their right to recover if they have damages but i really think that we have to give a long hard look at that and say almost that for this pandemic it's required i mean by comparison businesses that have been destroyed have been destroyed because they have paid hefty uh insurance premiums but in that insurance premium is a clause for natural disasters or a pandemic so you get hurt there because they get protected because government said, hey, we're going to take care of you insurance companies because you got wrecked the last time we didn't have these types of provisions. So I think for the business owners, Joe, and I mean that at every level, uh, you, you've if you rent your place in good faith and you do everything reasonable, once you've rented it, you don't know who's coming in and where they got it. Then they say they got it from your place. No, you're living in the place. You didn't get it from me. You brought it into me, so uh, so there's a lot to unpack there. But I think there has to be something done, or a lot of people are going to get destroyed once we reopen. Right, I think, and it's and it's it's and that's like our legal team here needs to like step in and, and have their opinions to figure that out. I'm not in that capacity, but I know. There are waivers in place and there's questionnaires in place that we can try to ascertain and have. And literally I've had, I've had showings where we've had people take their temperature, you know, before going into a home. Mm -hmm. We've done the questions, you know, their health questions, if they've been exposed, if they have shortness of breath, if they've had temperatures, anything that we can do to ascertain that we're trying to protect everybody. On both sides of the spectrum. Right. Wearing masks, for example, in addition, wearing, correct? Wearing masks. Yeah, wearing masks, wearing gloves. I, You know, I've done a lot of the, the FaceTime walkthroughs initially so that I can talk to my clients about the property. Like, I go through and I have gloves and a mask on 
Um, I even have sanitizer, so I wipe down after I, I do everything and I leave. But I've done the FaceTime walkthroughs, which is very helpful for people to do an actual walkthrough FaceTime on my phone with them so they can ask questions and say, you know, check this cabinet. Is it the soft closed cabinet? Um, go back to that. Let me see the color of that tile so that I can do really very personal up close, you know, showing them like a video but on FaceTime. With Joe, them. will somebody actually buy a property based on seeing it on video? Uh, yeah, wow. I, I have one under contract right now. Wow. Mm -hmm. So the, you were in there, and they know you're in there. You can touch it. You can show it to them. You can describe it to them. So I guess it is the next best thing, and then that person can avoid having to go in, whether they have an aversion to the current circumstances, or who knows, they might even be another state away. The, the, this is another thing that's happened in this age of the COVID-19, the coronavirus, telemedicine, now tell a real estate. I don't. I don't. I don't know that that is um, is brand new. But you probably, on occasion, if you had somebody far away, you could show it like that. Even before we were thinking the way we're thinking now. But that's creative, and that can help you get deals done. Well, I'll I'll tell you. Before it was typical, like people did the videos, but the videos don't allow the discussion. Exactly. They just get to walk through. They have to yeah. play it ten times to see was there a dishwasher, was there not a dishwasher. They, right. you know, and and it, the angle might have not have caught it. With the FaceTime walkthrough, I'm having a full discussion as if they're next to me. Yeah, they're sitting on their sofa at home and say, Joe, like go back to that. You know, is that window? You know, does that one? Do they tilt in? I literally had to tilt in a window open to show them that yes they're tilt-in windows that you can clean from the inside you know what i mean so yeah. i could pull yeah. down the attic i could so it's much much easier than you know what we used to do is just send a video and say here's a video of the home i show them the walk through the layout where how you the flow of the home which is very important um you know from the front door into the kitchen and they want to get the flow when we walk through it's as if they're with me Let's get our halftime break in, Joe. We're going to come right back. Much more real estate content straight ahead with Joanne Daly, the official, the exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program, the Joanne Daly team, REMAX Platinum Properties, 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor, and Joe's direct phone number, 609-513-8969. If you have a question, if you have an interest in purchasing a property, renting a property, Selling a property, 609-513-8969. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. 33 minutes past the hour. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Somebody needs to grab these jackasses by the lapels and shake them. The governors? Yes. Stop it. Stop with your nonsense. Stop with your zaniness. Stop with your power base. Stop it. No one's trying to kill anyone here. Or just trying to follow the science. Well, you're not following the science, though. The science is yeah. dictating things are going the other direction right now, and you just ignore it. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Joanne Daly, star of the Joanne Daly, Daly, uh, Joanne Daly team, Remax Platinum Properties radio program. And to reach Joe, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. If I've inspired you to call Joe, 
please tell her that. Joe, I love to ask this question at any time. So why not ask it during a global pandemic, medical health pandemic? Is now a good time to buy or sell your home? Absolutely. Buy or sell. Absolutely. First of all, it's the season. It's the spring season. So most homes show well at this time. Most buyers are looking at this time because they sort of want to be settled by September or they want to be in for the summer. So for a myriad of reasons, our spring into summer is the best time to buy and sell. It really is. And I have to I have to mention really quickly though our team is growing. We have two new members, so I wanted to give them a shout out. We have Adam Patinga joining us and Denise Kelly. So we are our team is growing because our business is growing and the sales are out there. Adam and Denise, welcome to the Joanne Daly team. Joe, Joe, this one and and no personal offense taken uh, because you know we have a swimming pool. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot over the years about a swimming pool can actually be a liability when you're going to sell your home. Uh, do you consider a swimming pool a liability or an asset, a plus? I consider it an asset. I really do. I know I, I've heard that sort of negative connotation about it, but I don't understand it and I don't agree with it. To me, when you have a pool... You're improving the lot, the the space, the use usable space. You know, um, it's it's a, another retreat. It's another space for people to go. And I have this a lot because, you know, a blank yard is like a blank canvas. So people are like, what do we do? There's a lot of space out here. You know, um, that's a lot to mow. That's hmm. you know, <laughs> they're, they're overwhelmed with kind of a blank space. So when you have a pool and the patio and the barbecue area set up, they're like, oh, they know exactly what to do there. You exactly. know, entertain yeah, and, we, and relax. We looked at it as a plus. Uh, and in fact, for us as buyers, it was a requirement. What we did, and you know all of our children, they were very little at the time. Now they're all uh, grown-ups. Uh, and they had their list. We asked them to write down, we're moving from Ventnor. We're going to move either to Egg Harbor Township, Northfield, Linwood. We probably were not considering Summers Point, where we did own many, many years ago uh, when we only had Kristen. Uh, but I wasn't. We weren't ruling it out. It was. In, it was in the mix also. So when they put their list together, each of our three children swimming pool was on the list. We wanted to have it. We had lived on the shore for basically all our lives. So we were no longer going to be right next to the ocean and the beach. So we felt that going onto the mainland, that it was a requirement. So for us, it was a big time plus. But I had also heard that, that some people look at having a swimming pool as a liability in terms of either selling the home or, or what have you. But um, we, look at it, we looked at it as, as a big time plus. And it, for all the reasons you said, it gives you that whole extra outdoor living space and place to recreate and have gatherings and things so i was curious because you're the expert if you looked at it as a plus or a minus and i and i have to say i think and i get this from my clients it's not just my opinion although my opinion is that it's a plus but all 95 percent of my clients probably would feel it if not 99 as a plus you know 
Um, it might be something they want or they don't want. You know, some people have had it. They don't want the maintenance. They're downsizing. But they still don't see it as a negative. It, you know, it's, it's always been a bonus. So, yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, in the right light, there's no reason it would be a negative at all. How challenging well, right now during this, this virus uh, is it getting deals done? You mentioned the virtual showing of properties, but the way that you're doing it, you're, you're giving the people almost, they're there. It's so virtual. It's not like you said, if you go on a video and it just skims by different things and you don't even know what you saw and all this, but here you can ask Joe the questions or any of your team members who would be doing this, Kristen, Adam, Denise, anybody that would be doing this kind of thing, they can show people and answer your questions. And like you said, tilt windows and show you that this works this way. And so that's that's as good as you can get other than being in the property yourself. How about working with all of your partners getting closings done, home inspections, permits, and different things that you need from city and town halls. How's everything working? Well, the, I have to say there, there's, a, there's a few wrinkles in the system um, that are somewhat frustrating and slower than normal. But typically, if we get through to that process, and I say, you know, some of the issues that we've had are showing the houses that – People, you know, and I had one where I have somebody interested in a property and we've been waiting. The seller did not want to show it. Well, somewhere along the line, she let one person see it and that was it. And now my buyer can't see it. So some things like that are very frustrating for the buyers because they've been patient, they've been waiting, and now they're not showing it. Now, you know, it's been crazy that way. But once we get through with, to the point of inspectors, the inspectors are working and they're protected. They have gloves, they have um, masks. They typically work alone. A lot of times the buyers like to go with them. They're trying to refrain from the entire family coming, like maybe one person comes with them um, to ask the questions and learn about the, the home and the mechanics of it. Um, that's working fine. Most of the municipalities have um, adopted different procedures that make it somewhat a little bit of a challenging because the time frame of, you know, like, and I'll say Atlantic City, we have to mail in our, our, our forms. We can't even drop them off. Um, like Ventnor will allow us to drop them off in, in the office. They have a mailbox. We can drop it off and then they get it. Um, and then we can call them. So they're on shortened hours in Atlantic City, um, which I understand the process. Um, but they need to kind of make it a little smoother time-wise because we're backed up. There's, there's seven to ten days waiting for COs to come through. Now it's a little bit more delayed because now we have mail. <laughs> now we have to get mail. And then the inspectors are part-time, and then we have to wait for them to come in to get scheduled for the COs. So it's a little wrinkly. You know, it was a lot easier if we could open up a calendar book and schedule it when we pay, you know, here, here's our fee for the, for the inspection. And here's the date. The soonest one we can get you in is Thursday. Then we know where we're at. Now we're in kind of a waiting and a holding pattern, waiting for an inspector to call with a schedule of when they can get, get in there to inspect it for a CO. So that's probably the biggest wrinkle is the municipality COs and they're all doing them differently. So, 
we just have to kind of work around that. Now that we know how they're handling them, we try to work around that time-wise. But it's, it's a little crunch on the contracts when certain things have to be done by certain days. And we're at, you know, the mercy of the municipality's inspections. We will be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Joanne Daly, the Joanne Daly team, REMAX Platinum Properties, a Ventner, the official exclusive real estate professionals for the Hurley in the Morning program. Joe's private hotline, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. The office is at 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor. Very beautifully uh, maintained. It's just we, we go by it at least twice a week, and I just always have to take a peek because it's just so – the attention to detail is just – fantastic we'll be back with joe in just a few minutes don't go away much more real estate content straight ahead early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and 1450 am i hate tom's tulip shop it just smells so flowery like we're good at your flower shop you don't need to remind us no matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. I needed a fake plant. They don't sell fake plants. Thanks for nothing, Tom. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Then he says, have a great day. Uh, I'll decide what kind of day to have. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you. From helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows, Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. Joanne Daly, on top of everything else that we're talking about, mortgage interest rates are also spectacular, aren't they? So really, it's a it's a perfect storm to do deals. It is. It is. It really is. And that's where I said, like, you know, people are taking advantage of that. Even when they're cash buyers, they kind of want to take advantage of it. A, they're refinancing their, you know, main home, you know, in Pennsylvania or New York. They're refinancing in that area. And then that frees them up with the equity in that to go buy something down the shore. So it's it's really nice that that's all come together. And that was coming together nicely before the pandemic. So that was in motion, you know. And I think that'll stay that way, too, for, for a while. Because just because th- between the stimulus and the people getting back to work, you know, it'll it'll just get stronger like where we were. Even though you and you did a great job outlining it, that summer rentals, the volume of them, because some people are taking them out of play themselves because of liability or for whatever reason, they just don't feel comfortable maybe even having people there or whatever the reason might be. It's it's their own, but there are probably a lot of reasons why some people aren't renting this summer, but all roads lead to Joe, but all roads also lead to the, the pandemic. Uh, so the number of rentals that you have available is down because of the reasons you, you you very, very expertly described. But do you still envision it being a strong summer 2020 rental market? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. It, it, it's sad because the people who were preparing for 2020 summer in January, um, some of them have decided not to move forward. And because, you know, and, you know, it's funny because some of the people are listening to their governors stay at home. They're, they're going to stay at home. They're going to they're gonna do that. So because, you know, that hasn't been lifted, um, they're feeling they're going to stay at home. So many of them have canceled their their summer rentals that they put in motion being prepared in January. And by the same token, the people that were planning a different summer with kids in camp and whatnot now have to plan. So now we're getting that ball back again. So even though it, you know, it went backwards a little bit, people were canceling because of the pandemic. They're realizing they have the other, there's another group of people who are like, Oh, we have nothing to do. We have no camp. We have no travel. We're going down the shore. So now it's a big busy season again for rentals. And people are sort of scrambling, like, I can't disappoint my kids. I got to find some place, you know, and it's a little bit difficult because a lot of them have pets. And, you know, the the ones, the rentals that are out there are very limited on allowing pets. It's a good, it's a good, very good point, Joe. Are you hearing from any would-be renters that say, well, I really want to rent, but restaurants are closed and the casinos are closed and... There's all these restrictions and all of this. Is there a um, an apprehension just based on the current landscape? Well, there is a little bit, but not so much because the beach is open and the boardwalk is open. And that's what they're coming for. They can figure out, you know, their own barbecues. You know, that's a big air. That's a big thing that's always been in part of the rental repertoire that has a backyard and a barbecue. And like you said, like we're talking about the pool. Some of the homes having a jacuzzi, we're at the shore, we're tight, but having that outdoor space, a porch, whatever, then that's what gives them, they're, they're happy with that. But they want to have a porch. They want to have a barbecue. They, you know, they want to be able to walk or ride their bikes to the beach. They can get takeout and they can barbecue. They're okay with that. I mean, if the restaurants open up, I think, you know, some of the adventurous ones may go that way, but, um, you know, or on the outside, they're going to do a lot of the dining outside tables and somewhat waiting to see what happens with the casinos and entertainment wise that, you know, so, you, you raised a very good point. The, the takeout, we've been doing it every Saturday, a uh, little family treat thing that we've been doing for everyone. And it, it's been a delight The the people the, the restaurants that have never even done it before. I mean, they're somewhat familiar if people take out uh, part of their meal because sometimes you only eat half of your meal and, they have the the containers to go and things, but the the takeout has really um, stepped up its game in our marketplace by by sheer necessity. Right, and I think it's nice because everybody's trying a different restaurant and re- recommending them, like, oh, you have to try this or you have to try that, and they're enjoying it, and that's a whole different. Been, which is really nice down here because we are, I have to say, our island, we are blessed with nice restaurants, varied restaurants, good food, um, everything from new Chinese just opened up, new tacos just opened up. Jody was telling me about a taco place just opened up. So it's really nice and, and it was good. And, you know, and I have to say, God bless them, affordable. They're not gouging people 
on the prices because it's takeout. Yeah, and they're doing neat things like sometimes you can get the dinner for two or you can get dinner for family size, four to six people or even more, or if you have individual people that you're ordering for the individual type portions and they have really creative, I think they've done a great job with menu design where they've scaled it back, but they still have a lot of great stuff if you like seafood, if you like beef, uh, chicken, whatever the case, pasta, whatever the case might be. Uh, we've done nine straight weeks, Joe, on Saturday at nine different local establishments. And I'm telling you, we've, we've handpicked each one, but, but each one has been spectacular. Right, right. And that's like a nice thing when we have our out-of-town renters coming and even our seasonal owners that will come will be here enjoying that, you know. So, and I tell you, that in itself is entertainment, you know. People look forward to that. Without a doubt. And and what's going to happen, too, I mean, the, the state is going to have to let the casinos open. If Disney World can open in uh, in July then i mean give me a break they're 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 attracting people all over the world that you talk about no matter how much you try to social distance they're they're attracting uh disney shanghai right now is doing twenty thousand people a day i mean we're talking big numbers if they can do it we can do it so at some point i believe in the very near future plus some more data that comes out and says it actually people are getting it more by being inside than if you let them go outside and and the disinfectant of the the UVA kills the coronavirus in seconds it seems so i think we're this whole this whole pent up situation shut in that people have been dealing with i think it could lend for a surprisingly booming summer i think so i really do because people have been cooped up number 1 um, people are going to be working more from home. People are taking on that I can work remotely much more seriously and be down the shore and be safely down the shore. Like being at the shore on the boardwalk on the beach, you know, we, we like we don't like being having towels on top of each other anyway. So we're, a little more space isn't going to hurt anybody. We have be- big, beautiful beaches. You know, so we can that can be accommodated with just being conscientious about our neighbors, you know. So I think it's going to boom. You know, it's going to pop. People are calling. My phone hasn't stopped ringing, you know, with rentals and sales. You know, it's it's our season and people are starting to prepare for it. That You know, they're changing course of what they thought they were going to do. They're coming down the shore. Here's a great question. I think the listener missed the swimming pool part because obviously you and I just had a lengthy conversation about swimming pools but I love this question would you please Mm -hmm. ask Joe if she thinks the pandemic has made buyers focus on different aspects of the home more so than they did before because they've been in their homes so much more uh, as of late of course so the, the the person writes are people looking for pools? Are they looking for more space? Are they looking for more outdoor space? Are they looking for larger homes? I think it's a great question. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because I would say they are looking for, I would say, larger homes. Because, Joe, uh, imagine imagine if you've been in, like, a New York City uh, apartment you would know better than I, but boy, I'll tell you, some of them are some of the tiniest things I've ever seen. Can you imagine for nine weeks 
that's where you've been in whatever it is, 150 or 200 something square feet, if you're lucky. I don't even know if that's even uh, remotely accurate, but imagine that. Anyhow, take it back. You were on a roll. I have I have a lot of family and friends in New York, and it's funny because a lot of them do own properties down the shore in the Poconos, and a lot of New Yorkers have fled the city for for health reasons and, more importantly, the space reasons. So they are looking for space, and now that they can work remotely, they can do that anywhere. So, and I was going to say to the person who asked the question, yes, they are looking for larger homes because they're realizing that their core family, where before if they're in like three different apartments, they walk down the street, they take the subway to see their family. Now they want to stay together because they don't want to miss not seeing each other. So even if they're quarantined together, then they're good. They feel comfortable being together in a quarantine situation in in a larger home. Yeah. So um, I recently had three families looking at a single family home that so it was big enough to accommodate all three families that they wanted to be together in one home. I like that. Um, I I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I really, I, it's very relatable. I wish I was quarantined. I, I tell Margie all the time how happy I am being quarantined with her, but the, the thing that would make me even happier, I'd love to be quarantined with everybody, Kristen and John and Noah and Lauren and Andrew and Rob and Sarah. I'd like us all to be quarantined, and we could do that at the Ponderosa. We could actually do that. Uh, it actually makes it, um, I don't want to use the word bearable, but it makes a bad situation uh better and uh, hearing you say that that you had three families that all wanted to be together uh, i appreciate that very much very relatable i know i know and and it's people are focusing you know that you know there's always something to look good out of something bad so on the pandemic people are spending more time eating together as a family Mm -hmm. and being together and talking together you know so that part of it has drawn people to be at the shore together. So they're looking for bigger homes. They're looking for outdoor space. They want a porch. They want a balcony. They want the backyard pool area. They want to be able to have a barbecue. They want to have a place where the kids can go, like, blow off steam. Where I'll say some of it where we were talking about, like, which garages are sometimes rare down here, um, that they're turning garages into cabanas for kids so that they have their own entertainment type space, you know, because otherwise they're in their rooms or in the living room and everybody's together in the living room. So if there's not an extra den or a study where somebody can retreat to, they're turning garages into cabanas for the kids. So they could be out there with their Xboxes, their TVs, their, you know, their skateboards, you know, entertaining themselves throughout the pandemic. But it, it, will transfer over that when we're out of this, they will have extra living space that they can use with their family and friends. You're listening to Joanne Daly, the Joanne Daly team, REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969 in English, 609-513-8969 to reach Joe. Joe, as you know, because you're our real estate expert, uh, and that's not just for Hurley in the morning, but for the Hurley family. So you know we're familiar, we're very familiar with one condo associations. So we know what's happening with respect to 
swimming pools at the condo close now when it might reopen if you have a gymnasium within the condo uh, facility as well what's happening with that you deal with all the different condo associations and and facilities what are you hearing what have you learned relative to swimming pools opening gyms opening and things like that i you know it's funny like we're going back to the liabilities um Condo associations are holding up on the common area amenities. Um, I think till they figure out some of the liabilities and how to best service this, this part. I know there's been a lot of discussion about the pools because, you know, they're finding that the, the disease, the virus isn't transferable in the water. And with the chlorine levels and all that kind of stuff, so they're not—they're finding that it's not in the pool. So then, the only reason would be then spatial, right? Right. So you know, are they comfortable about it? Do they know enough that it's really not? I'm not sure that there's a hundred percent sold on that yet, particularly. But then the other part is around the pools, and what some people are doing is they're not having the community chairs that, you know, all the associations have their own lounge chairs and tables. Correct. They're doing away with that and requiring um, individuals to bring their own beach chairs so that you, your beach chair is what you're sitting in, what you're touching. Yeah. And just that. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, as you know, we're familiar with one that's actually going to open up the cabana, so they'll be open, and they're sort of the, the garage thing that you're talking about turned into a cabana. They're pretty awesome. And then you bring your own chair. They have a date set that they believe it's going to open, I guess, unless something is subject to change. So some are actually pretty far along in telling their renters and their owners when they anticipate it's much like Disney World just presented their plan, and they plan to open soft, I think, around the 11th, and then officially on, like, the 15th of July. So they're ramping up. And I'm a pretty big believer, If and I said this, I don't know if I said it during your show, Joe, but I know I've said it at least twice during today's program. If Disney World can open, and Shanghai, China, 20,000 a day are going there, we can reopen our lives, I would think, based on that reality. And I, I think that at some point the people are just not going to accept something that they find unreasonable at a certain point. I think everybody has been really good sports about for nine or more weeks of your life basically shutting down in many cases. Essential people have been able to continue, but uh, I think people have had just about enough, Joe. Right. And, and they realize, like, with the certain precautions in place, that, that it's safe to move forward, you know. So, you know, if they take the right precautions, the sanitizing, you know, the masks, and watch the numbers, I think we'll be okay. And I think we'll have a good season in the condos at the pool. I think everybody will be good at the beach. You know, I, they've learned, you know. It's a learning curve, and we're like, okay, we'll move this way. So the pendulum will swing to to be more cautious, to be more sanitary, and we'll be back to a somewhat normal, booming summer. Yeah, I like what you just said a lot. 609-513-8969. Joanne Daly leads the Joanne Daly team. 
Remax Platinum Properties event, or if you look at your watch, the show is over. We got to go. I can't believe it. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for a great visit. Thank you, Harry. You're welcome. And anybody who call me, I welcome your calls. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. I'm Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the latest minutes of the Brian Kilmeade Show. We have Chris Wallace just getting out of the shower. Congressman Will Hurd, the CIA guy, he'll be retiring soon. But man, he's got some impact, especially in Texas. How's the reopening going there? Just watching Kaylee McEnany on Fox News Channel. You're watching us on Fox Nation. Hopefully you're getting the stream as well as uh, you're hearing us on the local station. And by the way, if you ever have to travel, go get that radio.com app. You download it. You can hear us anytime, everywhere, wherever you go. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Secretary Pompeo has to certify every year to Congress whether or not Hong Kong maintains its autonomy. And here we wake up to the Chinese with a very heavy hand. This is a big deal and the secretary is to be uh, complimented for doing what he's done. Wow, that is John Huntsman, former ambassador to China, ambassador to Russia, uh, former governor of Utah, wants to be the next governor of Utah, weighing in on Hong Kong no more. The American-Chinese relationship hanging by a thread will bring you the latest on these perilous times. Number two. Twitter decided for the first time ever to fact check one of President Trump's tweets. I wondered if you thought that Twitter may have made the wrong decision here. We have a different policy, I I think, than Twitter on this. Facebook shouldn't be the arbiter of truth of everything that people say online. Well, Mark Zuckerberg being above it all. Trump versus Twitter. How one so-called fact check could change social media forever. And perhaps it should. Number one. Now to the terrible toll of the coronavirus that we are waking up to headlines. It took just 16 weeks for the number of Americans killed by the pandemic to reach 100,000. Keep in mind 100,000 people, 100,000 family and friends are mourning today. Gail King on CBS. Pandemic milestone no one wanted to cross. 100,000 dead. Yet there is more hope than horror this morning. We'll bring you some of the cautious optimism, plus some major requests from uh, the hardest hit state. And then there's this. The man. It's like a Hollywood movie. The myth. I have a life. Wow. America's original receptive voice. What does that mean? I'm not sure. Chris Wallace. Uh, I know what the hell that means. <laughs> Do you know what receptive voice means now? Uh, Is this live? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know the open was done. So I know what it means. I'm open. I'm open to all voices, all uh, all attitudes. But then you'd be the receptive ear or the receptive mind. You wouldn't be the receptive voice. But don't you like receiving me? It's nonsensical. It needs to change. Right. You talk about changing a couple of things. I remember when we first started and I I played your Anthony Fauci. We still have it in January telling John Castamatidis, um, who, by the way, owns the station we're on right now on WABC, uh, saying on his show on the weekend, I don't we don't have to worry about this virus. He said it again in February. And then in the beginning, it doesn't really help to wear a mask. Now he says mass saves lives. And then he says the second wave is going to be more uh, stronger than ever in the fall. 
And then he says this yesterday, cut one. And I often say, you know, we often talk about the possibility of a second wave or of an outbreak when you're reopening. Mm -hmm. We don't have to accept that as an inevitability. And particularly when people starting thinking about the fall. And I want people to really appreciate that. It could happen, but it is not inevitable. If we do the kinds of things that we're putting in place now, identification, isolation, and contact tracing, we can prevent this second wave that we're talking about. So but I love the why. optimism, said, you know, that, that's me. But listen, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know why he does that? Because he's a receptive voice. He's open-minded and he <laughs> ah, heard ah. new facts. And so Anthony Fauci, the receptive voice. <laughs> so when I look at these numbers and 100,000 deaths is stunning, right? When you look at the per capita of deaths, Western European countries, in terms of case to fatality ratio, the U.S. is at 5.9%, according to Hopkins. Meanwhile, Spain, Sweden, the Netherlands, U.K., Italy, France, and Belgium all are in double figures, with the highest being Belgium at 16.2%. So as we open up, we're also seeing that states that were slow to close and quick to open, like Ron DeSantis' Florida, they have fatalities rate 10 out of every 10,000. Texas, same deal, same formula, five out of every 100,000. And Idaho is the same. So it's almost as if you wonder when they write about this, how to handle a pandemic, if we did the right thing, Chris. What do you think? Well, I mean, there there's differences in different states. I don't think see how you could have, in New York's state, where there is such density, there's so many people and such so closely packed together, I, I do, you th do you really? And they were hit so hard. I, I think, you know, to not have social distance, not to have locked down would have been insane. Obviously, you know, Idaho is different than New York. And uh, and, and obviously, a, a one size fit all doesn't work and particularly doesn't work at a certain point. And, you know, I, I've got no problem with a, a state that doesn't have as many cases. Look, I'd like to have everybody go back to normal tomorrow if it were safe. And in some places, it seems to be safer than others. There are some states where it's on the increase. Alabama isn't looking so good. Georgia's not looking so good right now. Um, Georgia's looking good. No, actually. Alabama's going to No, they, they've had an increase. I'm just looking at the, at the stats uh, just this morning uh, that, there, that there is an increase in cases, not a decrease in cases in those states. I mean, you know, we can check the record, but I'm pretty sure I'm right there. There are certainly a lot of places that have opened. Uh, Florida's one that it's doing that are doing well. And, uh, you know, my feeling well, about it uh, is... Here, here's a head, yeah, here's a headline. Georgia's latest coronavirus, new cases up, but cause is not clear. CNN says a month after reopening, cause uh, cases continue slow and steady. So the question is, are you willing, and this is the question you got to ask yourself, Chris Wallace, and everyone at home, are you willing to put up with a certain amount of risks in order to get your life back and your business alive? I'm getting emails from people in Staten Island and Long Island and New York City saying, enough, we understand it, let us go, the criteria is way too strict. And if Governor Cuomo is not willing to take risks, just keep his hand out and say, give me more money, he's already got $9 billion. I don't think you could have one without the other. Well, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I understand both sides of the argument. I understand people and, and 
you know, who's to make who's to make the decision? Here's the problem. I mean, when you right. look, and I know you've talked about it, when you see what was going on on Memorial Day in land at Lake of the Ozarks or on some yep. of these beaches, I mean, that was horrifying. The the the, the ruins and I know ruins it for everybody. Right, but so so you know, on the one hand, do I want I, I want to go back to normal? I don't. I mean, I love <laughs> being with Lorraine and being uh, at, 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 out in the country and stuff, uh, but I. You know, I'd like to go back to work. I'd like to go back to the office and be with my coworkers. Fox at this point says, you know, they're not ready to to reopen, and I've got to respect that. They're they're getting the best advice they can, and you know, you do really worry when you see people just ignoring all of the uh, all of the strictures. One of the other things I just don't understand is masks. I mean, everybody. Deborah Burks was on our show. Uh, Anthony Fauci. Everybody says wear masks, and that now seems. To have become a political item, and the governor of North Dakota, a pretty Republican conservative state, Governor Burgum, said, "Why do we have to make masks into a polarized issue? If masks are going to allow us to go back and to be safer, then put on the damn mask." I don't understand why that should be a political issue. Uh, either do I. I think people are still a little befuddled that we were told don't wear a mask, not even don't wear a bandana. It doesn't really matter. And then those same people say you better wear it or else. So I think that's what most people come back with with me. But I, I tell you, I watched your show Sunday as usual. It's great. Uh, always. Um, uh, always making news and knowing that I had Kaylee McEnany coming on after your show Sunday and that you were kind of very critical of her for cracking down and telling the press what questions to ask because they just refused to ask any questions outside um, their own political agenda. You, uh, well, I'll let you say it. You were critical of her. Why? Well, there are two things. One was and, and she really has misrepresented it. I don't want to get in a fight with Kayleigh McEnany. I think she's smart as the Dickens, and I think she could be a very effective press secretary, and I think sometimes she is. Uh, I, when, when the president comes in and he says, we need to open churches right away, and if, if, if governors won't, I will override them. And the political reporters, and specifically the one that she was referring to, because he had just asked the question, says, on what is the authority the president has to override governors? Because the best legal minds I've seen, he doesn't have the authority to override governors and say open churches. And instead of just answering, and she didn't answer what his authority was, because there wasn't any, and instead she said, it's odd being in a room with so many people who don't want to see churches open. So she was questioning their religious faith. They weren't asking about that. They were asking about what is his authority legal authority to override governors and i think i i think that's uh, over the line myself i don't i think you know it's one thing to defend the president it's one thing to advance his agenda but to start questioning whether reporters uh, what their faith is i i look if a, if a democratic president and a democratic press secretary did it i would be uh you know uh, calling a, a flag on that one too but did you see her mic drop moment, I guess, for lack of a better term, where she said, here's some of the questions you just refused to ask. You didn't like that either, right? You said if Sam, if you and Sam Donaldson were in, the, yeah, which you know, I, were in I, that press well, room, you'd the, be insulted. Right? Here's the interesting thing. I got a lot of blowback, but the blowback was less about what I said and more about the press corps. And what they said was, and, th and, and there's some truth to this. I Actually, I think there's some legitimacy to this. They said, you know, back in the days of Reagan, when, and Lord knows, I could be obnoxious, and Sam Donaldson could be even more obnoxious, 
that, uh, that, you know, we were trying to get facts. We weren't sitting there arguing and advocating against the president. And as you know, I've been on the record as saying that while I don't like what the president does to the press and saying that we're the enemy of the people and fake news and all of that, that I do think a lot of our colleagues in the press have gone too far and become advocates. Yeah. And, you know, I, while I don't like, and I, I've called this out, I've made speeches to free press groups where the new, at the museum included, where I said, yeah. I think reporters cross the line and become advocates and players on the field instead of just trying to seek the answers. So to that degree, I don't think it excuses what Kayleigh McEnany did, but I, you know, I understand the argument by a lot of people who watch these press briefings that reporters aren't even handed in just seeking the facts. Now, do you, it's going to be your call. I'm going to make you produce it for a second. Do you want to hear uh, what Kaylee said about you? I don't, did she say, I, she, I know she answered, but did she actually say something about me? Uh, she, didn't name, she didn't name you specifically, but do you want to hear my question and answer? Sure, why not? Chris Wallace okay, said on Sunday, see. quote, let me just say, Sam Donaldson and me in the Reagan White House, we were pretty tough on White House press secretaries. We never had our religious beliefs questioned or lectured to what we asked. I would have been pretty tough if I was there and heard that. Will you question the religious belief of, of the press? No, I never question the religious beliefs of the press. Many of our journalists are great men and women of faith and differing uh, faiths, whether it be the Jewish faith, the Christian faith, the Muslim faith. What I was saying was I was asked 11 questions as to why churches would be allowed to reopen. It was a bit peculiar uh, to be asked these 11 questions in a row and for the onus and the focus solely to be on why churches are essential. I've never been asked why a liquor store was essential. All right, here's my response to that, okay? Okay. She, yep. she, that is not true. If you look, and I didn't look at all 11 questions, but if you look at the specific question that she was asked, the one, the one immediately before she said, I, I find it odd that I'm in a room with people who don't want churches to reopen. It had nothing to do with churches reopening. It had to do with under what authority can the, the president override governors. And that was the specific thing. And I thought... Mm. That she that she took it in a different line, and she didn't fess up to it when she answered your question. I'm a little disappointed in you that you didn't say, "Hey, that wasn't the <laughs> question that was asked." <laughs> How smart was I? I'm so proud of myself from reading instead of paraphrasing. Because if I paraphrased one word wrong, you would have killed me. I'm so proud of myself for reading you ex- exactly what you said. So no, you I did. can't give myself you, enough credit. In you this. did. Yeah. I, I will say I was watching when this went down, and I thought to myself. I, you know, I know people are going to find this odd. I don't want to get in fights. I really, I really don't. I mean, you know, well, I, you can argue whether I should have taken on Kaylee McEnany or not. And then I hear you and I think, oh, my God, she's going to attack me now. And then I'm going to have to get, get, you know, because you get blasted on Twitter. I don't know. Do you, you know, you, you, you push back sometimes on the president and, and this White House. Yeah, I do. And you, I'm sure you get yeah. blasted. Uh, uh, do you like that, or do you do you sit there and go, oh gosh, I wish I hadn't even well, done this? My, well, the president constantly goes up to me and goes, "Kill me, you're a six. He goes, "Sometimes you're with me, sometimes you're against me." I'll give you a six point two, and he like I think he does not mind. I don't think he's happy about it, but I don't. I don't. I think he knows I can't possibly agree on everything he says, and uh, I I got a chance to know him. Um, Paul, when you get a chance to know somebody, like John F. Kennedy was sitting there with the Washington Post editor, I forgot his name, the legend. Ben Bradley. Uh, ben Bradley before he, before he was president. I'm sure Ben Bradley was pulling for JFK while still doing 
some critical things on him. I'm not saying I'm Ben Bradley, and I'm not saying he's JFK, but I'm saying I did know him in a friendly way first. But I can't agree with all he does. Uh, but unfortunately, but you're I'm not answering my question. When you get blasted, not by the president, but by you know oh, by the, your oh. viewers, do, how do you feel? It's about okay. It? Uh, I'm used to it. it. Most people, most most people, nine out of every ten things written about me is negative. So I'm surprised when a positive thing comes out. Actually, even <laughs> like even if in, I were you, I'd be surprised am, when something positive comes out too. Chris Wallace, thank you so much. Can I just say one last quick thing? I know you're on a, a hard break and all that. I don't even believe there's such a thing as a hard break. I think it's just the way to get us off. So you end the show. I'm watching Fox and Trends. He said, and we're going to have this person and this person and Chris Wallace, who only works one day a week. Now take it back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> Thursday, I'm working. I take it back. I take it back. Okay. Back in a moment. All right. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've taken supplements and vitamins for many, 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 many years, and mm -hmm. I've never tried anything that works like this does. Within the first two or three months is when I started noticing a boost of energy. I mean, I just don't need as much sleep. I used to always be tired. I mean, every morning I'd wake up feeling like I never slept, and now it's like I'm waking up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning. It's like... I'm wide awake and I'm good to go. So that part is unbelievable and I'm not dragging by the end of the day either. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So I've been sharing it with everyone I know. <laughs> I swear by this stuff. It really, really works. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code BRIAN. You remember when your mom and dad talked about the importance of having term life insurance? I mean, it felt really good knowing the family would have money after something happened. How do you think they felt? They worked their entire life without truly getting the benefit of having term life insurance? MyTermLifeGuy.com MyTermLifeGuy.com You don't have to die to receive the benefits. A $1 million policy for a healthy male, non-smoker, below $35 a month. MyTermLifeGuy.com Sponsored by Gold Coast Insurance Group. For 95 years, Saya LTL Freight has hit the road to deliver the goods that keep businesses and communities moving. Now, in this uncertain time, we won't stop going that extra mile. Because at the end of the day, we are all in this together for the long haul. Saya LTL Freight. Driving stability, safety, support, and strength. Visit Saya.com. That's S-A-I-A.com. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first, Omaha Steaks offering access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect for Dad on Father's Day. Please go to omahasteaks.com and enter code Bill in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured thick applewood smoked steak cut bacon. Please visit omahasteaks.com, enter code Bill in the search bar, shop for Father's Day today. On this Thursday, I am thinking about the two presidential candidates in action this week. President Trump held a press conference while Joe Biden did an interview 
on CNN. Saw them both. Here's the lowdown. Mr. Trump was promptly asked about why he is promoting a murder scenario involving hate Trump commentator Joe Scarborough. I don't think President Eisenhower ever fielded a question like that. Anyway, Mr. Trump answered that a lot of people have questions about Morning Joe. That might be an exaggeration. An honest answer from the president would be, quote, I despise Scarborough and want to embarrass him. The only other important note in the Q&A was Mr. Trump saying voting by mail could lead to fraud, which I believe it would. On CNN, Mr. Biden was lucid in the face of predictable questions. One of them was, what would you do differently on the pandemic if you were president, Mr. Biden? The former vice president replied, listen to the scientists, whatever that means. The rest of the interview amounted to little, no news broken. But again, Mr. Biden did appear in command of his language, if not giving voters anything specific other than the quote, Trump is a fool, unquote. Now this. Protect yourself and your family with high-quality face coverings from Boomer Naturals. They're lab-verified to give 92.2% antibacterial protection, and are available in adult and child sizes. Boomer Natural Face Coverings are made for use up to 30 days when you hand wash between uses. I recommend ordering your face covering now at BoomerNaturals.com. Use code BILL20 at checkout to save 20%, plus get free shipping on any order over 50 bucks. Please use BILL20 at BoomerNaturals.com. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back, everyone. Brian Kilmeade Show, one 866 408 I appreciate all the emails I get. I'm going to try to get to some of them. Uh, in fact, here's one of them. Uh, this is from Susie. She says, what's up? If you die in a hospital, they put you down and your birth certificate adds the virus. She believes they're over uh, doing it. I know the answer. The hospitals get $390,000 for every person that dies in a hospital. If you say no, they will still put you down on your de death certificate as the virus. Is there any honest people left? I think not. Thanks so much uh, for listening. That is Susie Cruz. No, I appreciate it, Susie. That's fine. Um, let's. Uh, we have uh, some phone calls too, but we don't have much uh, time to get to them, uh, unfortunately. The other thing that I want to discuss, uh, just around the bend, I'm going to discuss with Will Hurd, is this Twitter situation. The President of the United States, as you know, they put some attachments on one of his tweets showing uh, a counter-argument to what he's saying. And now, they today, as early as today within our show, there's going to be an executive order that's going to be possibly removing the protections that social media like Twitter was getting from possible lawsuits because they were a host that allowed people a forum. Now they're commenting, and then they should be possibly held to the same standard as newspapers. Don't you think? I think so. They shadow ban you, why don't you have legal uh, ramifications? If they decide to delete your tweets and you think they're wrong, why can't you legally go after them? Just like if it was a newspaper, TV, or radio. 
I'm Brian Kilmeade. When we come back, Will Hurd will be with us, and then we'll take your calls. Brian Kilmeade Show, 1-866-408-7669. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity. What is it about every bill Democrats now propose? They want immigration reform. They want amnesty. They want open borders. They want anybody to be able to vote. Whether you have an ID, you don't have an ID. They're always adding new Green Deal provisions. You know, by the, and they'll say to rebuild America. Yeah, they want basically socialism all across the country. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. News. I'm Lillian Wu. The number of out-of-work Americans swells again. There were 2.1 million people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time last week. Businesses have been scaling back or closing because of coronavirus-related shutdowns, and now state and local governments have been laying off staff. Fox's Ginny Cosola in Minneapolis. <laughs> Protesters taking to the streets for a second night over the death of a man who died in police custody after an officer knelt on his neck for several minutes. Crowds burned flags, threw rocks and bottles at police who responded with tear gas, flash grenades and rubber bullets. Protesters also stole cars, ramming into them into an ATM and looted several stores and set fire to several buildings. Business owners protected their property with guns. Fox's William Lajeunesse, one man was found shot to death near a pawn shop. America's listening to Fox News. New Jersey passed its peak of COVID-19 cases this morning. Governor Murphy said the state is roughly one month into its road back and an enormous amount of progress has been made. Hospitalizations have been on a steady decline for weeks, along with patients in critical care and on ventilators. Murphy has been slowly reopening the state by permitting more outdoor activities, including outdoor graduations, which will be permitted starting July 6th. Governor Murphy is hoping summer camps will be allowed to operate in New Jersey. Scott Pringle reports. Well, the governor says a team is working on coronavirus-related guidelines for summer camps. I have a high degree of confidence assuming that the numbers keep going in the right direction, that we can have summer camp activity. We're just not there yet. Murphy says progress, though, must continue in the fight against coronavirus. He's also hopeful for daycares reopening, but again, gave no timeline. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. Tolls will increase this fall by 36% on the New Jersey Turnpike and 27% on the Garden State Parkway. The increase will go into effect on September 13th. The South Jersey Transportation Authority also increased tolls for the Atlantic City Expressway. The owner of the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City says he's creating an attraction to draw families to the city. Bart Blatstein says he's building a $100 million year-round indoor water park right next to his hotel. In the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Newsroom, I'm Kristen Marks. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks open mixed. Investors are looking at more dismal readings on the economy. There were 2.1 million people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time last week, and the economy slumped in recent months. The gross domestic product was down 5% in the first quarter. However, there are signs that Amazon's hiring to meet demand during virus-related shutdowns won't be temporary. Amazon added 175,000 extra workers and now says 70% will be offered permanent positions. JCPenney is reopening 
opening 150 stores today. It expects 500 locations to be open by June 3rd. Penny is reorganizing in bankruptcy court. And Capri, parent company of Versace and Michael Kors, says it expects most of its stores to be open by early July. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Coselda. Invested in you. I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Humid this afternoon with clouds and sunshine, high 76. Cloudy and breezy and humid tomorrow with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm mainly later in the day. High tomorrow, 80. Saturday turning out mostly cloudy with a shower or thunderstorm around. High Saturday, 80. I'm AccuWeather's Brian May on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmead, WPG Talk Radio I think President Trump, unlike the past two presidents, unlike the entire Washington establishment, who for 20 years put China's interests first and America's interests second, and in promoting China's interests, it was often at the expense of America's interests. I think President Trump has has really changed the conversation in the country, and he's changed the direction of American foreign policy. He's standing tough and standing tall against China. He did from the beginning, and I think that the, the coronavirus has really, it really is a wake-up call. I mean, not to President Trump. He already knew yeah. there was a problem. Uh, that was uh, the former Deputy uh, Secretary, uh, Undersecretary, National Security Advisor. Joining us now is Congressman Will Hurd, former CIA guy, member of the House Appropriations and Intelligence Committee. Uh, Congressman Perilous, welcome back, by the way, from Texas. How are you? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks. Always a pleasure to be on with you, man. Yeah, same here. Uh, Congressman, I, I know I, I like that the president seems to be as early as, early as tomorrow going to start being more, even more aggressive with China, but I just wonder about the plan. Do you agree with the Secretary of State that no longer is Hong Kong to be considered autonomous? Well, I don't think Hong Kong is autonomous, um, and and this is a play by the Chinese. This is them testing out tactics, techniques, and procedures on what they're going to try to do to Taiwan. And and the question becomes: um, Is did they provoke the response that they want? Because if if we cut off relations with 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 Hong Kong and some of the businesses are there, um, that actually play, could potentially play into the hands uh, of the Chinese. What we want to be able to do is make sure we hit the mainland industrialists and, and that our potential sanctions impact the mainland, uh, not necessarily Hong Kong. And and these are what some of the conversations that are that are going on in Washington. 
Washington, D.C. right now on how do we make sure we focus on, on the Chinese Communist Party, but to a point where we can still help the protesters in Hong Kong, the companies that are, that are operating in Hong Kong, because this is going to be the playbook that the Chinese are going to roll out when the time comes for them to try to take on Taiwan. Great point. And the other thing to bring up, too, is like you want to make a stand and say it's no longer going to be this international financial hub. But at the same time, you can't abandon these courage, these courageous freedom fighters that have been putting their lives on the line and relentlessly protesting for over a year now. These folks that are protesting are amazing, and, and you know what they're doing? They're carrying the American flag. They are they are singing the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, they love uh, when when uh, U.S. officials speak up. Um, these are folks that are truly putting themselves in harm's way, and the fact that they've been able to do this for the prolonged time, as you point out, Brian, is is unbelievable. And our efforts should make sure that we're bolstering them, right? Because we want to show to the rest of the world, we want to show to the Taiwan, uh, Taiwanese government um, that we're going to have their back because this is part of a geopolitical uh, a fight with the, with the Chinese. I know you've talked about this before, but I always have to reiterate it. The Chinese are trying to su surpass the United States of America as the sole superpower in the world by 2049. 2049 matters because they'll be celebrating 100 years uh, of, of, of communist rule in, in mainland. They're trying to do this by dominating in future industries. They're trying to do this by dominating in their region. And now that they're using COVID-19 um, to supercharge some of their efforts, you see this increased uh, aggression by their diplomats. Um, they threaten the Australians. They threaten some of our European allies. They're trying to twist the WHO in, you know, to do things that the Chinese government wants them to do. And these latest steps on, on what they're trying to do in Hong Kong is, uh, is another example. And when this recent national security law was passed, there was one person that voted against it. I want to know who, who that person was, uh, because that's a, that's a tough guy that's standing up against the entire uh, Chinese Communist Party. So this is a broader strategy that the Chinese have been working on for decades, right? And, and we need to make sure that our response is, is it counters that, and we have to be using our allies and people in the region. And, and we're seeing uh, many of our allies getting frustrated, and, and the Australians have been pretty vocal um, about this. You know, I recently sent a letter to a bunch of, uh, to all of the, the um, embassies in Washington, D.C., trying to get their support against the WHO. And I've gotten, I've gotten feedback from every continent. I've gotten dozens of responses to say, we agree with you. We're, we're standing side by side with the U.S. to demand some of these answers. Right, and I think you, you, what you're saying subtly is it's time for a mo more coherent, cohesive strategy coming out of the State Department to rally people around our cause because it's obvious we're on the right side of this. There's really, there's right and wrong. There's, I've poisoned 185 nations and I am a victim of that. And we are trying to fight back like everybody else. Uh, this, how we've been afflicted by a virus we had nothing to do with and they're still lying about it. And I think we're at the point now where there is really no flip side to that. So if we could do a better job at rallying our allies, that would help. And do you see the State Department realizing the urgency that you, you hear? 
Um, I, they're coming around to it. I will say uh, the U.S. ambassador that um, serves in in um, at the WHO and other international organizations, um, Ambassador Bernberg, he gets it. He is working on the ground to rally uh, those other uh, those other uh, member states. And 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 not only should we be rallying our allies, right? We should also be making sure that all levers of the federal government are working together. Everybody now knows of the China One Belt, One Road initiative, where they're using all parts of their society uh, to go out and get resources that they don't have in China and bring them back home. And they do things like build ports for countries, and they do it in such a way that the country can't pay for it, and the Chinese take it yep. over. They call this a debt trap. We should be making yep. sure State Department, USAID, right, the OPIC, or the new name of, of OPIC, this is an overseas um, investment that helps U.S. companies invest. Uh, we should be making sure all of those things are working together so that these countries that, that need help look to us and not to the Chinese. And the Chinese know that. That's why they're pushing disinformation on saying that the COVID-19 started in the U.S. or it came out of the military in Italy. They're trying to tell European nations, guess what? You can't trust the U.S. You can trust us. They're trying to erode that trust that our allies have in us because they know that if we put a posse together, uh, the, the Chinese are not going to be able to achieve their goal of being the world superpower. Right, and pulling the manufacturing back, the Americans would, uh, America would have a lot of support for it, even if it means we're paying more money. Uh, I want you to hear what this guy, Zhao Lijian, said. He's a, a Chinese official. Cut 27. The Chinese government is determined in implementing the one country, two systems policy, safeguarding national sovereignty, security, and development interests, and opposing external interference in Hong Kong affairs. If there is anyone bent on harming China's interests, China will have to take all necessary measures to fight back. I just want to know, just before I leave this topic, can you go between the lines on that? In what way? And that, that, it, it, it's, it's a threat. It's saying that, uh, you know, even though uh, Hong Kong turns over to the Chinese government, is supposed to be, uh, be independent for, I think, a remainder of 40 more years, uh, we're taking it now. And we have the, the reason to do it, we have the ability to do it, and we dare you uh, to try to stop us. Right? That's, that's how you take gotcha. that. And, and that individual, uh, you, can, you can look at other um, uh, party instruments, um, of the Chinese uh, Communist Party that have said similar things. All right, and um, I want to pivot to Afghanistan. We're pulling out. Um, we got about we got about eight thousand troops there, and as, well, he wants to be out by election days as the president. I personally feel, and it's easy for me to say, I'm not in Afghanistan. I get it, but I really see the benefit of being there. I think that attacks have been stopped, intelligence been gathered because of our presence there. And I know for a fact, just looking at the interviews with the Taliban, they believe when we leave, it's a victory. It's very important not to give these extremists a victory. Having said that, does most people disagree with me, Congressman? Your years in the CIA, have we benefited from our presence? We, we absolutely have benefited, right? And, and, and let's go back. Why are we in Afghanistan? We're in Afghanistan because on September 11, 2001, Al-Qaeda attacked us, right? And the worst attack on, on our homeland, you know, uh, in, in 2001. And it was plotted, it was developed, and the people that executed this 
trained in Afghanistan. That's why um, we we took the fight to the Taliban. We kicked, you know, we, we killed 75% of al-Qaeda leadership in, in that region. And, and in, in December of 2001, when Kandahar fell, Kandahar is a city in, in southern Afghanistan, was kind of like the, the capital of the Taliban. Um, when that fell in December of 2001, there was only 400 Americans on the ground. 300 special forces, 100 CIA, and the world's greatest air force, the, the, the greatest air force the world had ever seen. That's how we were able to kill 75% of al-Qaeda leadership and push out the Taliban out. The, our, our presence in that country has fluctuated. I, I think the highest at some point was almost 100,000. Right? You'd have to fact check me on that exact number. And now out 8,000, I can say is a small footprint to ensure that Afghanistan does not become a, another, that becomes a, a failed state, right? It's, it's having difficulty right now to where al-Qaeda can come back. And guess what? We know from um, Pensacola, al-Qaeda is still trying to attack the United States. They're still trying to attack our homeland. So, you know, we, we need to be doing everything we can to push the Taliban back, and you're absolutely right. If you look at the, the um, press in, in Arabic, in the Middle East, they, the Taliban is, 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 is saying that they won, that this is a victory, and the U.S. pulling out is a sign that they don't support the Afghan, the Afghan government. So I don't think we should be pro pro projecting when we move or when we don't move, right? This is, this is going to give our adversaries an advantage. And in conversations I've had over the last few days, um, the, the Taliban is not honoring the so-called peace agreement. And I, and I, and I put no. air quotes uh, around, around peace agreement, right? And so they're not following what they said they were going to do. And to think that once we leave, they're going to go back and kick all the girls out of school. There's over a million girls in school. What's going to change Afghanistan is the fact that for the last decade, girls and women have been able to go to school, participate in the economy. That's what's making sure half of your uh, country is, is allowed to be productive, right? That's what's going to bring Afghanistan into the future. And we can have a small footprint to continue to train the Afghan Air Force, to continue to make sure that we're bringing the hammer down on groups like the Taliban and, 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 other, and other terrorist organizations that are operating there. And uh, what else we need to be doing is working and making sure the Pakistani government is, stops their support to, to groups like the, the Taliban. It's tricky. It's I hard. We've paid a lot of life yeah. and treasure. Yeah. I just, I just know the president does, is not put it in stone. I know he's listened to people like you in the past and Lindsey Graham and others. I just hope he'd be open to hearing that, especially with your CIA background and now on the Intelligence Committee. Lastly, Congressman, I just want to know about Texas, not only uh, the district you represent, but others. How's the reopening going? Look, the, the reopening is 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 going well. People are showing that we can protect public health and 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 make sure the economy is going right. People are still using masks, but we're in restaurants up to fifty percent. People are going to get their haircut. Uh, people, you know, are, are using the grocery stores. Uh, we also know that um, you know, in my hometown of San Antonio, anybody can get tested. 
Right? If you want a diagnostic task, you don't have to have a reason. You just got to call ahead to, to, to schedule a, a time. Right. So we're seeing that that testing increase, um, and and the the city officials, the county officials, working with state. You know, there's some minor disagreements here and there, uh, but people are able to get back to a, a a level of normalcy and and get started. And and we're going to vote today, hopefully on a on a bill that 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 strengthens the PPP program, so small businesses are able to bring back even even more of of their employees yeah. and and we're making and that's health the key. decisions first and opening up yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely and that's the key I, I, and uh right go ahead no but brian like, like one of the things that we need to do and, and i've been supportive of an independent group of people to come in and review all of this that happened with COVID-19. Let's, let's get through, uh, you know, where we are now, but it's going to require us to step back and, and review these, you know, what did we do? Why did we do it? And not just our response, the international community's response. And let's do a 9-11 style commission, right? I, I don't want politicians involved. I want, I want thoughtful, serious people, uh, to sit down and review this. So one, we can be prepared when this happens again. And, and two, make sure that we're resilient in, in the future. And, and everybody keeps talking about a recovery, right? Uh, that, that, to me, that word means we're trying to go back to a place we were in the past. I want advancement, right? Like, I want us to come out of this better. And I think we can. And, and my, my state and, and Lone Star State is trying to lead on, on how we can do that. Absolutely. Make the PPP program more uh, business friendly. We know some of the changes. Talk to uh, uh, Congressman about that. Talk to Senator Rubio about that. Hopefully, you guys will go in there and do it. Uh, Congressman Wilhurd, always appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. Hopefully you'll stay involved somehow uh, when you retire, at least from your seat. Uh, but, Congressman Wilhurd, thank Brian, you. Brian, the, the, these issues are important, and, I'm, and I'm, I love talking with you, and I'm glad you, you shine a light on these things. You got it, sir. Uh, back in a moment with your phone calls, one 408 You shine a light on what's important to you next. It's Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Did you know that the price of gold is up 15% this year? I'm not kidding. I can't believe it either. And gold is up 50% this year, even as the stock market is limping its way along. Can you imagine where the gold would be right now if the stock market corrects again? Well, stop imagining and call Oxford Gold Group right now so you can learn how easy it is to have real gold and silver sent to your home or how you can have real gold and silver sent to your IRA or 401k. The Oxford Gold Group is one of the most reputable precious metal dealers in the entire nation. They got a free investment guide, too, that they can send you free. Call them today at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. Call them right now and take advantage of their free guide and learn how. Real gold and silver can protect and grow your savings and retirement. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. The Oxford Gold Group. Call them right now. 833-600-GOLD. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I got uh, really good hopes for it. I try to eat healthy, but there's no way I can get the nutritional equivalent in my diet that I get from my balance of nature. What you eat today determines the kind of cells your body's going to make tomorrow. Instead of eating, you know, 15 pounds of vegetables, you can take this product. I think in the future, from taking balance of nature, my body's going to be making a lot better quality cells. I'm really excited about this product. You know, you're going to get enough to make a big difference. 
Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code BRIAN.